Welcome to Escape Plan. My name is Sam and I'm the host and founder of the blog and podcast. Subscribe and spread the word. Conversations about CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, for those of you who may not know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guide the conversation as a segue into like how you Wait. feel about crypto. How the hell did this go from football to CBDCs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, bro. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, what do you think about like this guy's lagging? This guy's lagging. Why are you bro, looking at me longingly? Bro, I'm high as hell. Can I say that podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an explicit podcast, so you can say right. whatever. My guys and I are gonna cover a few topics, mainly on Escape Plan. We cover crypto, NFTs, travel, music, and food. Some sports on occasion as well. And without further ado, guys, let them know who you are. Hi guys, my name is BJ. Um, and yeah, I'm one of Sam's close friends and yeah, I'm just going to give my input on some of Sam's topics and have a bit of a laugh. On this, it's all about the guests, so you can lead in any direction that you want to take it to. Just don't burn some up. I hope you're saying that. <laughs> I'm going to make it my show now. <laughs> so, th- so today we're talking about United, okay? And why we're the greatest club in the world. Huh? What? Your uh, team, where are in the yeah, Premier League? Introduce yourself and tell them who you support. Um, hi guys, my name is Kane. Uh, support Chelsea, and today we're going to be talking about probably sports, media, and just whatever is happening in the world right now. Oh, why Chelsea stink? At the moment, yes, but we're not going to be talking about that topic, so we'll keep it just <laughs> why basically won't we, on it. Why won't we be talking about that topic? Um, for different reasons. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I'm a United fan, as many of you may know. We've been to a few games ourselves. Out with the boys, them. Come on, United. We've only seen wins. Well, I've only seen wins with you. We saw United beat Arsenal 3-2 last season. Then we saw the Burnley game. I think Smalling got a brace and Van Persie got a goal or something. Yeah. I've only been to those two games. Yeah. Um, You've been to a few more, yeah? I've been to, I think, two more, um, and the two games I've been to have been draws, actually. So I, I should probably st- keep going with you a bit often, a bit more often. Just to go back onto what you said about the Arsenal game, Arsenal last year, 3-2, that was one of the best games I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> it's my first time seeing Ronaldo, and I'm pretty sure it's like me and Sam were like in awe of Ronaldo. He scored the winner and he sued. Oh, God. That was a, that was a great day, bro. Anyways, um, obviously we had to part ways with the big man. He was, yeah, he was kind of stinking up our team. So, as much as he was a legend, it's good to kind of see us progressing. Um, but yeah. So Kane, so this podcast today is just a therapy session for you to deal with all the trials and tribulations your club, your club is going yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, though. This is half a season of banter. United went through five years of banter, so it's not it's not compared to what's coming next season. Alright. No, right. you know you can you can banter this season, but just just have the same same chat next season, you know. So what is that like? Twenty signings now. Murdoch was looking. Look, it can be twenty five for all I care. But Murdoch was looking good today. Yeah, you know? no, he looked like. Yeah. He there's a player in there like yeah, special. Yeah, talent. he has that hazard vibes about him. I think. Hazard regen, or is it too early? Too early, too early, bro. Too early. We'll see. Okay, okay. We'll see. So, you and I were having some interesting conversations of about course. CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, for those of you who may not know. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to guide the conversation as a segue into like how you Wait. feel about crypto. How the hell did this go from football to CBDCs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, what do you think about like <laughs> this guy's lagging? This guy's lagging. Why are you bro, looking at me longingly? Bro, I'm high as hell. Can I say that podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an explicit podcast, so you can say whatever. So, what's my opinion on that? Yeah, like one of the topics we cover on Escape Plan yeah. would be crypto NFTs. Mm-hmm. So we've had our sports moment. We're going to move on to crypto and NFTs now. So I want to get your take on how you feel about that and 
how you feel about <laughs> central bank digital currencies? Um, first of all, I feel like with crypto, it's either something you're interested in or you something you're not. You can give your take not. as well. Um, me personally, maybe back in 2020, 2021, I was still into crypto, but since 2022, just went off it mainly because of what's really happening in the space and then with nfts i don't know if that's just pictures you're buying and i don't know next minute it's probably worth nothing so i don't really have an opinion in it because i'm not interested in it but with cbdc's that's something that's definitely going to come in regardless of where you are it's already been implemented in china so from what i can see in america and europe it's something that might come in maybe this year or the next couple of years but it's just something for people to be aware with especially people that are really into crypto and nfts yeah just um probably on my um my angle on this podcast probably today on escape plan is going to be probably a bit of a opposite way to crypto or opposite way to kind of look at it maybe a bit of a devil's advocate um, obviously the ethos of crypto and um, you know investing in something that can give you long term um, assets the ethos behind it is really good but I think now in the kind of day and age we're in where even the crisis of um, the living crisis um, putting your money in something that volatile is quite risky you know cost of living yeah, 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 yeah cost of living true, exactly so um, putting your money in stuff in, uh, putting your money in something that's as volatile as crypto can be quite a daunting thing to think about because say for example now you invest your money and there's money that you really need and what was the name of that company the crypto company ftx yeah, ftx yeah that just you get me that just mm. <laughs> out of thin air they just drop so all the money and your head in and billions Go that on. you've had that you've invested could just vanish in thin air so i feel like right now in kind of like the period of my life right now um obviously investments will be made and I, i'm not looking away from crypto i'm probably still going to keep investing but i think having money that i can actually liquid money that i can actually put in investments would kind of be the ethos i'd have in mind right now but um i'd like to hear your train of thought sam so a lot of you already know how i feel about crypto and nfts obviously um i got into the space 20 21 so it's been two years now january 2021 and initially i think you were selling it to me as this like game changer technology wise and i saw you got a few of the lads on board i know kane was on board as <laughs> well so Man. i was like let me actually see i had some capital that i was saving up so i could actually invest and then seeing how the market was on a bull run that time mm. so when you're not a novice, you're very naive. You're like, oh, okay, it's gonna mm. keep going this way. Yeah, exactly. And then reality kicks in. Exactly. So I've actually seen the highs and the lows yeah. and like the plateauing, how everything's mm. kind of leveling up. It, it has improved my quality of life. So crypto has given me more than just crypto. It's given me like economic knowledge. Mm. I, can, I can read like market moves mm. and things like that. So now I actually, I'm a bit of a swing trader so whenever I can detect that the market is going to plummet and suffer because of the experience I've had, I know when to go into like stable coins. So stable coins are less volatile. So in the cost of living crisis that we're in that BJ um, appropriately mentioned, you don't want to put yourself in a situation that's worse than where you were initially. With stable coins, they just hold their value. So it won't go up or down. It will just stay like that. It will give you that bit of security. So what I've been seeing some exchanges do is they'll have some volatile assets volatility is not necessarily a bad thing you want stuff to be volatile because if it's not volatile it's not going to go up or down it's just going to stay the same and the cost of living just means everything else around you is going to go up in price so i was like i'll have some stable coins and then i'll have some high risk assets like nfts like the pictures that you were saying so that's crypto covered in a sense like you can have a balanced portfolio of stable coins like whatever it is us us dollar or um, USDT, USDT and just hold yeah. that for a while until the market picks up again and you see a signal there so with NFTs it's a lot more risky than crypto assets that we've seen I think NFTs are a scam <laughs> <laughs> I think it's money laundering no 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 but going back to like what just BJ said there NFTs is definitely a great way like to money launder launder and then with Sam what you said there was stable coins as well I don't think it's a great way I think like, I think it's the way that people are using it that's essentially what stable coins are and that's what people aren't aware of and once the government brings in their own version of stable coins 
mainly everyone's asset it's gonna like dissolve into that so keep your money in like exchanges and shit you can see what happened with ftx like i'm not saying don't invest in crypto i'm just saying be very cautious going forward and it goes back to what bj says with the cost of living crisis now is the worst time you want to like you know go into some crazy shit but but i think what sam said is definitely important as well um we've seen with crypto and i think what sam is said is perfect but, but what crypto has done is allowed us to open our heads to um financial wisdom and financial literacy um what you said sam is perfect about stable coins because <laughs> let's be, let's not lie when people were putting their money on crypto i think it was like during covid a lot of people are trying to put their money in quick pumps dogecoins you know those quick coins that will pump your money so if you're investing in stable coins that actually shown you know growth over time it's better than having your money in the bank which i think it's important and having a financial literacy is the main the main part so, like with everything there are some bad actors there's some people with genuine interest that want to either provide a good quality service or product and then there's some people like how many texts do we get saying that we have orders from x y and z all these phishing emails that come in mm. like it happens right and you just have to be wary and there are actually customer protections in place whenever those things happen as well what you're talking about is rug pulls like somebody creates a picture and mints it but there's some there's some responsibility there's some onus that falls on the person as well mm. not even necessarily rug pulls like let's say for example yeah i like knew a developer that could create nft yeah and i had cash that i needed to to clean and i posted online and i had a group of friends i said we all need to clean cash if we all invested our money in that you know i'm sure it cleans money when you put money in the nft so it might not even necessarily be a rug pull that's what i was basically saying so the blockchain is public all of our transactions are visible to anybody on the blockchain like the bitcoin blockchain for example is just pseudonymous like it doesn't show your name as sam or bj or kane it just shows a series of numbers mm. but you can just trace it back to you especially with handles now you have a yeah, i have a revolute username handle or a twitter handle mm, or whatever that's attached that. to me so people can find out oh okay sam did such and such a transaction there's been research done in the crypto space and one percent of transactions are for illegal activities mm. the internet started off being like this good thing for people to use and do searches on things that they don't know but it started off being a place for illegal activity bitcoin was the same silk road was this website on the dark web where people could buy like illegal substances and that's how they were using bitcoin as a way to pay for that but then silk road has since evaporated emails we have phishing with credit cards there's credit card scams every arena that you go into even ebay there's people that like sell fake or faulty products or they just send you a, an empty box <laughs> an empty playstation <laughs> box and they yeah, will have it in their comments so like there's there's always bad actors in spaces so escape plan is more to educate people yeah, on true. the pitfalls that yeah. to avoid yeah. and stuff like that yeah w when i was talking about nfts i'm not even necessarily saying it's a scam i think nfts are a scam, <laughs> scam? like I'm not saying that you're going to put your money in it and like it's going to evaporate. I, I've like would even with crypto you have to do your due diligence. Sam will tell you that for the first thing anyway, you need to do your own research and look at things yourself. I'm not saying that it's a scam. I'm just saying that I feel like people use NFTs as a way to funnel illegal money. Yeah. And they do. And then they get put behind bars. But <laughs> 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 um so I got into NFTs late uh, I got into NFTs like last year and I get all my NFTs on this blockchain called Cardano and I'll go into that on a different section of the YouTube channel which is the blueprint in-depth analysis on crypto and NFTs. So NFTs are interesting because it's a new way of creating value. So with crypto, we saw like, okay, people are creating their own money. They're creating their own currencies. And then with NFTs, people are creating value with art. And that's just one use case of an NFT. An NFT can be identity as well. Mm. Like, I don't just hold um, art NFTs. I also have identity ones, like IP, intellectual okay. property. So Escape Plan, mm. I have that word on Cardano's blockchain. Okay. Um, Escape Plan Media, EPM Radio, um, even my name as well, Samo underscore Awe. So 
I wouldn't be at the mercy of somebody else that, let's say, sees something bubbling up and then it's like buying a website domain. Mm. So if you wanted to buy a website domain that's already been taken, you're kind of at the mercy of whoever thought of that first. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. NFTs are useful in that sense. Um, Ken, do you have anything to... Uh, NFTs? Um, how do you feel about some sentiment towards it? Do you feel like people use it to launder money? I feel like more or less... They Agenda. Do. Like, I'm like gonna be the devil's advocate on this episode. I feel like the media portray it to be something that's so great because you can go out tomorrow and buy whatever picture you want for five hundred quid, and at the end of the day, it's just hope. You just hope someone yeah. buys it and it just goes up mad, mad high. And the risk to that is like you can just get your, I don't know, can you get your wallet hacked and all this shit? You can get that hacked and that's all that shit gone. Oh, so you can get your wallet hacked from investing. Great. So. Okay, my case, my case is building up. <laughs> like NFTs, unless you have a lot of money, do it. And but, like, if you're if you don't have a lot of money, like, just okay. I don't know, right. it's not for me. Thank you for your contribution. Really appreciate that. It makes sense what you're saying, and it also makes sense what this guy with the agenda is saying as well. I'll just explain some things about how that can happen. How your wallet can get trained. The same way. Your wallet can get robbed. It just relates back to real life experiences. The same way your wallet can get robbed, your house can get robbed. Anything that you own is vulnerable to being stolen because, like I said earlier, we have bad actors, right? So when you're in the crypto space, a lot of responsibility is on you to hold and secure your assets because you're your own bank in a way. So if you don't have like state-of-the-art and um, security not even state-of-the-art security if you don't really have the infrastructure to secure your assets like insurance let's say house insurance yeah. or whatever you won't really be covered when stuff goes wrong so for me i have a hardware wallet that would keep my assets offline and not on the internet so they can't really get hacked yeah and only i would know the details of that mm. and it'll be broken up and split in different places okay so i wouldn't really be somebody that would get my wallet trained hopefully by the grace of god anyway mm. not not because i know it all just because i have put different insurances in place to prevent to a yeah. single point of failure if i left it all in the one place and did not have it's like keeping your key under your mat in in front of your house <laughs> before you know it wasn't bieber's uh nft that was worth a million or like worth ten dollars now yeah, it lost like a lot. It lost money a lot of its value. Money laundering. It lost a lot of its value. Money laundering. But like, I'm like, this, this is this is the thing, right? This is the thing. Okay, guys. can I ask you a different question? Just yeah, a, go on, like go NFT on. away from uh, away from NFT. Um, so there was a peak for crypto, and I think around 2018, 2017, 2017. When was ah, we peaked since then? Yeah. Okay. 2020. No, yeah. So 2020. I know. I know. I know. 2020, 2021 was another the most recent peak, but the peak before that, 2017. 2017. Before and that, obviously there was a big, there was a big dip. So I was just gonna ask you, um, just obviously kind of seeing the track record of it going up and down, and like the like the the formula of like steady progress is what we've talked about, and kind of like incrementally growing and building your your bank up. How far do you think? adoption is going to go in the next few years because i think we've stagnated great question i think we've stagnated in the last few years of how we've seen because bitcoin has a lot of valuable assets and i don't think adoption has taken off as much as i thought it would have been and i think that's another reason as to why i probably slowed down and investing adoption is going up significantly high so if you look at the turn of the millennium when the internet was first being adopted right the adoption of crypto is 10 times that so you know how big the internet is in terms of our daily lives our work lives as well career-wise and we'll yeah. get into that later mm-hmm. yeah do you know what i mean so it's huge so if a technology that important has risen again in a different form the earliest adopters of that dot-com era people that were getting domain names like elon musk has had x.com for years mm. amazon all these dot com companies boring company and all that do you know what i mean so the the earliest adopters of that were the ones that reaped the benefits the most Mm. and now that something else is bubbling up i don't want people like us to be the last people to figure that out if that makes sense see with us we have a kind of idea of what cryptocurrency is and what the blockchain is but with adoption that is something that's 
is coming in and the government are doing this and that's El Salvador that whole they've made Bitcoin a legal tender yeah that's true so so that's what I'm saying with with CBDC that's what adoption is coming in for so it's going to be digital currencies that the banks create themselves that will eventually replace cash money real money so basically I'm not saying your money's not safe but if the government know exactly what you're spending and where you're getting it from it's kind of going to make it difficult to kind of like I don't know move freely around the world so that's just my opinion on CBDC like adoption is coming because there's a new age we're definitely going into we're going into the age of information which everything is just online so eventually we just can't be spending cash a cashless society cashless society yeah like even the the EU digital euro um, central bank digital currency is due to come out later this year so it's it's there but the way you feel about NFTs is how I feel about central bank digital currencies. If you were to think about it like a one-for-all voucher, a one-for-all voucher is like a gift card that we have in Ireland. You guys might be aware of it. I don't know if you have perks here. You know perks cards? Yeah, of course. So you're limited in where you can spend those funds. Okay. You can't use. You can't spend it in a certain place. It's only the purchase that perks or one-for-all deemed valid. Central bank digital currencies are like that. They restrict your payment. If they, if they say like, I don't know, there's an embargo on alcohol or smokes. Mm. You won't be able to spend that dig- digital digital euro. Okay. So I I really don't like central bank so digital currencies, and they don't yeah, even fix the inflation issue. Just to add on to that, obviously the whole aspect of crypto is the fact that you can kind of spend your money how you want. You get what I mean. So it's a double on top. It's almost like that's a con- that's country. That's yeah. That's but yeah, I think I think adoption is as like going at an exponential rate. Yeah. There's a Bitcoin ATM in the square in Tala and that's been there for years I see there's a big where I work in Dunleary mm. the corner shop or the corner shop near the office there's a Bitcoin ATM there as well so adoption is already here like crypto cards are being used I, speaking like, of literacy I want to go into that because you and I have degrees and we had like the squiggly career mm. and Kane didn't go to college and he ended up working for one of the biggest multinational companies in the world so I'd love mm. to give you get your take on that and you know maybe you could share the blueprint how other people that maybe college isn't really for them and how you could how they could leverage mm. i think a great skill you have is your ability to sell yourself i think for everyone everyone has a different approach to life there isn't like a i don't know one road to take um for me personally when i finished school um went to college didn't like it dropped out went to college again didn't like it dropped out so i just had a different kind of mentality as look i just want to get a decent paying job and i don't care about going to college for four or five years to get a degree to do that so i just thought to myself you know work as much as you can from an early age and then build as much people personality as possible get talk to people and then from there you build your experience and move on so to be honest i think that was more of luck and just just kind of graft as well i think when a lot of us are younger we have a bit more drive than we do at like our later stages in life. I think when I was younger, and I know obviously I didn't go to college, like no, I dropped out of college twice and I'm like, okay, I wanna get a decent paying job. So I just had the drive to kind of get to a high position at a young age. And when I was about 21 is like when I started in a pretty big company and going in there, I was, it's either like, okay, you do shit for six months, you're gonna get the, get the pay, get the fuck out of here. So I ended up staying there for about three years and that's where I built most of my experience from. And obviously over the last few years, I think, just in my personal opinion, some people do it, some people don't. I think job hopping is the best way to like climb up the like salary ladder. If you work somewhere for a year or two, learn as much as you can, build experience in there. What's your take? And then move on to something else that offers you something more. Because at the end of the day, like, you don't want to work to kill yourself. You want to earn a bit of money at the same time. Yeah, uh, my take on job hopping, I think, um, I think what Kane said that's kind of detrimental to that sentence is when you're kind of younger, because um, the older you kind of get um, as a recruiter, you kind of want to see stability in someone's CV. Um, you want to see somebody who's kind of went into a company, learned and left their stamp on the company. Um, Job hop- hopping at a, like in the latter stages of your career kind of shows um, either you know you have friction with management or you can't really hold down a position. But I think at the early stages of your career, 
And when you're a graduate, I feel like graduate jobs are really on the pain to even start off with. Um, a bit less care for graduates as opposed to more senior level staff in organizations. Um, so like if you can kind of find this kind of, you know, build your salary up by job hopping, it would make sense. But I'd say if you find a company that kind of matches your benefits, your salary, and your ethos, your culture, and um, kind of stick down, at, uh, show that you can, you know, stick at a role for a few years and then look at your options then. Um, because it's kind of better to, you know, obviously st get a stable position and then look for a bigger company from there. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think what you said is really important about careers. There's no linear way to do it. Um, what we've seen as a orth uh, like an orthodox career in going to university might not be orthodox to the next person. Um, and it just what works out for people because I think the, l the older we're getting, people are kind of looking at university and thinking... Um, you know, is it just a piece of paper, your degree? And I think if you have a passion for something for me, just stick at it and hustle on that passion. I think that's a very important ethos, and I think that's going to be something I definitely try and instill in my children. Yeah, 100%. I would agree. Like, it's interesting to hear both of your takes and how, like, they would conflict in areas and then there'd be an agreement in other areas. Mm -hmm. There's some overlaps in both of what you are saying. I think there's a balance. Uh, yeah. people can take at different stages of their career mm. yeah and whether it be going from place to place earlier on to like improve yourself or even the title exactly, as well yeah, exactly and take that to a company then and mm. find some stickability exactly. there well obviously in this market and the reason i'm emphasizing this position as well is coming from the w obviously you guys know coming from like where we grew up mm. like for black Entirely, boys, yeah. it's a lot harder to get yourself in a higher position yeah, in like in a place like Ireland I'm well, not saying like what do you normally say Be being black in corporate is an extreme sport being black in corporate is an extreme sport man I think that's for everywhere yeah, to be honest I think kind of um, yeah, so yeah. I'm not saying like a lot of people don't try that and like they probably fail at it as well I'm just saying like you gotta look at the environment that some of us are in as well then if you look at the UK since I've came here I've seen just the difference in opportunities for like black brothers compared to back home I don't know about your opinion, Matt. Yeah, like, I'm a scientist, so it's a bit different. I'm, I'm like a sustainability scientist, so I'm not like in a lab coat. I'm behind a desk doing like carbon footprint analysis for public and private companies. And you have this interesting perspective from the tech industry. You kind of know what lies in terms of account management. Yeah. And then BJ would have great intel on recruitment and talent acquisition. So, I'm just trying to see how... You've got some really good takes on it, so... Yeah, I think... I just want to go back a bit and just hone in on what um, Sam said about kind of sticking at a position as well, because and one thing that's important in just in career is titles. And I feel like if you're in a small company that you have a good title, especially what I was going back on to saying about sticking at a role, if you have a good title in a company, it could bode you well, because when you move, if that title is you know of significance in that industry if you go to a different company or a bigger company that title could have more money or you know more better benefits um so that's definitely important as well but yeah i think going back onto what kane said about the difference between you know ireland and uk coming to england there's a lot more private business so like a lot of things in ireland is through the government and pub like on Entrepreneurship? Entrepreneur entrepreneurship. Like, if my, my company, like, it does events and it's a private business, but if it was an island, it would be kind of a public industry kind of business. So a lot of people have used their own initiative to make private businesses, and that kind of creates gateways for minorities. Because if you have a black entrepreneur, he's the gateway to his own employment force. Um, what I've also seen in, um, in Ireland as well is, I, can't, I don't know if anybody can think of the word off the top of their head, but when you give your family jobs... Oh, nepotism. Nepotism. Nepo babies. Nepo babies. I feel like there's a lot of nepotism in Ireland. Like, oh, my cousin's cousin knows this person, so he's the lawyer or, or he's, the, he's the manager of AIB. Like, what is the crack with that? We need to get, we need to get some more brothers in there. But I think one thing that I've kind of like, and obviously I've moved to Ireland. I moved from Ireland to Manchester. And one thing I've kind of realized is that I really, really appreciate where Ireland is going. Not even in regards to creativity, but in regards to like just a normal day in civilization and like um, career aspects as well. I think Ireland is going in the right direction. But for me, with the rate I'm aging, I don't have time to wait for a country to catch up to how I want it to be. I need to go get it now. 
um, maybe times from my children's children, it'd be up to the standards that we'd like to see it. But I think it's progressing. And I, I think what we need to hone in on is the fact that some of it is intentional. Nepotism is not the best thing, if especially when people are, you know, qualify for a position. Um, nepotism is like, it's obviously backwards when somebody's qualified and they might not get looking because somebody knows somebody that knows somebody. Um, but a lot of it might not be intentional as well because, you know, there's a lot more entrepreneurship in like other business in other countries. So speaking of entrepreneurship, we've spoken a lot about our careers, the nine to five. What about the, what's the other one? Six to 12, some people call it, or eight to 12. What you do in your own spare time, um, with your own hobbies, or are you trying to leverage and monetize any of those things? Like this is, um, Escape Plan is a media production company that plays to my strengths in the sense that I like to write produce video and audio content i'm leveraging my communication skills we've had a culture club together as well we were doing that three of us um in in addition to like aziz we're doing coupla as well you guys have any takes on any entrepreneurship endeavors that you're doing now okay you have any um right now definitely not at the moment I think we're new here and you were doing drop shipping before, no? Yeah, it was back in twenty twenty, but that shit is a lot harder than you think. Um it's like it's more cash loss than anything. The only way you can keep up with that is if you have a lot of capital to keep mm. up. Um but right now I think for me personally it's just about kinda like getting not even kinda like, but it's more or less building my career up in where I am and getting to a place of where it's I'm actually comfortable where I can actually put away a lot maybe every other month and then eventually have enough capital to start something because you I have to be realistic as well because 2023 we don't know where the world is going you just don't want to go start some cr- something crazy and bam something like 2020 happens all over again I think that's very important what so you just said there um, you just got to be cautious with the way you are it's like yes there's people online making like we're making podcasts but I'm just going to keep it real there's people online making podcasts doing TikToks saying that you got to grind you got to do this and like they're not in your position like if you do have a dream go after it but be realistic with it as well i think it's better to do something at a high standard than yeah something that's consistently dookie exactly um like i know you mentioned culture club and it's been something i've been really teasing about getting back into but i just want it to be a standard that i'm very happy at and very proud of releasing um anything i want to do i want to do to a high standard so um i had like writer's block but for like creative um and i think getting that you know confidence back in yourself and realizing that you know you have that talent and you can kind of achieve whatever you want to achieve is important but another aspect that's also important is building yourself the assets and the foundations to actually attack whatever it is that we want to do um and a big part of why I've actually stopped even doing KK is because I'd rather not do anything than re- than do something half hours. I think um, that's very important. But yeah, do you want to say something? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Like, I always envision if I'm going to do something, I need to set up the infrastructure to do it very well. Definitely. So I'd like to set the track before I can run. Like, and lay the track before I can run. And just even on that... What would you? What would your take be on when I say the infrastructure is partly your mental and partly the assets you have? One hundred percent. Because if your mind's not right, you won't be able to keep going. Like, like the body follows what the mind you get me. does. So if like you're it's like a car almost. Yeah, like I might use this analogy like a car. Like you might have a, a nice model, but if the engine doesn't work, the car's not going anywhere. And likewise, if you have a good engine, but the model of the car is bogus. You can only go so far. You can only go so far. Exactly. So, yeah, I'd always like to lay the infrastructure before I embark on any type of journey. It's like trying to, whatever, get to a destination. You haven't, like, planned your route or anything like that. You won't be able to get there. And if you do get there, you'll be beaten and battered by that Exactly. 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 Beaten and battered. I think even I want to even hone in on that. Like, if you're doing a a stage where you're not comfortable, you're you're stressing yourself, the rewards aren't going to be fruitful. Because your mental is going to be bad. Your health as well. Like, even... So, with Escape Plan, like what you mentioned about doing stuff to a good standard, I wanted to make sure I had, like, the equipment set up. Like, I wanted to start anyway, even though it was challenging. I wanted to put it 
in a certain dimension that wouldn't be like okay this fella's just doing this for the sake of it yeah. I wanted it to be like okay I'm doing it to a moderate standard from my level of course. like let's say I enter the company at entry level mm. I know what's expected of exactly. me so I'm going to come correct at yeah. that level exactly. and then over time I'll be able to build myself so I think some people might have a good idea on the back burner and they're thinking like they have to have all their ducks in a row they have to have everything um, set in a certain way you don't necessarily even if you have things somewhat aligned you can begin and then the journey will make sense along exactly, the way exactly. each step lights the path exactly exactly what you said is perfect like not everybody's gonna know the exact journey but if you plan out a route you kind of follow the road exactly you know what i mean so i think that's very vital as to what you're gonna do or and when you're gonna do it as well um, you need to kind of have a strategy and if you're gonna approach something think about it as a as a marathon as opposed to a sprint you need to say and look at it and be in it for the long run because having consistent long having consistent strides is better than having inconsistent strides that might be sharp and then slow. Um, and I think that goes for you know creativity, but also goes for life. You yeah. know, I think you have a people have a nice sound life if you know they've planned their future. Um, and it goes back into what we even said on the first half of the show uh, about financial literacy. All of these things wrap in together and uh, come back into one. Um, it's a holistic approach to living like this. Escape Plan Media is a millennial lifestyle blog. So, you see, the boomer, boomers now are from 1946 to 1964. Millennials are 1977 to 1995. I know that there's some people that are 1996 that will still consider Gen- themselves so Gen Z millennials. Is, Gen Z is 1996 to 2015. And, yeah. then Gen, and tw- um, the next is, wait, where's the next one after that? I'd ri- you see this overlap here between millen- millennials and Gen Z. Millennials and Gen Z would make more sense because people in 2015 do not have the same interest with people like us. Yeah, true. So the overlap between millennials and Gen Z, thank, thank you for elaborating on that. Yeah. That would be like the target market of this, of this pod. People who are within our life stage or in or around that, maybe just before yeah. or just after. Mm. So people who are like still in college right now or people that have finished it a long time mm. and they're doing very well for themselves. Um, this would be content for them to consume and maybe find out little nuggets of information that they can use to their benefit. I know like with KK, we were doing that for five years t- from 2017 up until like 2022-ish yeah, 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 yeah. or 2016 up until mm-hmm. um, 2021. And going back to um, what you were saying as well about grind culture, there's this sense that like you don't need sleep you don't need um to live and enjoy your life or whatever you have to always match yeah. you have to always match what people are doing online i think that's all. very important what kane said about grand culture because i was just we even, i think i was watching like a video just recently about somebody saying that oh yeah this girl was saying she was working 40 hours a week and he was like oh i do 40 hours during monday to friday and do 20 hours on the weekend and then i do 10 hours in between that you're literally a slave to the clock then you're you need to have balance you're killing it's yourself for money like bro we are working to live mm. or living to work yeah so if you're living to work and you're just dedicating your whole like physical and mental well-being mm. to um punching the clock yeah. it's very difficult for you to have work-life balance for me personally um i'm working to live i'm mm. using what i get my salary to do things like this pod yeah. and like see my friends travel and see them we'll talk about food and music as well but all right lads so who are you guys listening to music wise who's popping up now or who's a staple in your playlists i don't know to be honest i really like ruger i think i've stopped kind of listening to like i think my shift is kind of like afro beats and r&b now really like obviously ruger mashaka Zeno. I really like um, Scissors' latest album, Fire Next Door. Those are my, those are my playlist. Um, obviously, UK rappers, Fredo, Thirty One. But yeah, I think it's gonna be another solid year for Afrobeats, man. Um, I wonder what you guys think of the debate of Davido and Burner Boy and Wizkid. Normal trio would have been Wizkid, Burner, and Davido, but there's been a long-standing agenda for Burner to be at the Wiz, and I think. I think last year he's kind of stabilized that. I think Burner just goaded. Um, Kane, what do you think before I give my take? Well, just in 
who you're listening to who's a staple and who the Afrobeat who goat is at the moment um I don't really have artists I listen to on like on a daily basis I just have a playlist who's play. in it like what genres um Party Next Door Future Drake just you know the main artists because I don't know me personally music nowadays especially American music sounds the same British rap it's, I don't know it all sounds the same um, so just listen to shit that I've had in the playlist for ages mm. which keeps me going um, but with Afrobeat definitely um, I agree with BJ it is taking over definitely over the last two years um, and pretty much mainstream now every artist wants to work with Af Afrobeat artist mm. um, so this year should be good and when it comes to Burner Wizkid and DeVito um, it's still a burner for me that's just me yeah yeah I'd be, I'd be in line to agree with you on the burner being like the Afrobeat goat right now, and I just it depends on how you perceive it, right? Wizkid's fan base is a stronger core than Burner Boy's. Burner Boy has the global appeal, but when it comes to like cohesion, when it comes to like people rep buying out your tickets, buying out your merch, buying out your album. WizKids fans will represent for him every time. Yeah. I think a lot of Vern Burner's fans are more um, fringe players. Mm. It's, it's like because I even said Verna there for a second. He's a fringe yeah. player as well. But um, yeah, I think Burner has the global appeal because he's such a his he has a range as an artist more so than WizKid. Mm. Um, WizKid's fans, you can't you can't deny them. I think David Doe in this. It's almost like the Drake, Kendrick, and Jake Hall debate. Mm. It's similar in a sense, but I don't know if Davido shows up as much. I think I haven't really heard. <laughs> I don't. I don't rate Davido like that. There's a lot of people there that will probably have things to say about Davido and stand for Davido, but not me. I don't think he's ready to be in the tree now. I think Osaka is gonna probably take his place in the tree. Ooh. I feel like Davido just has money. I've always, I've always kind of said that, but he, he does release one or two bangers. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like when you talk about artists. Wizkid and Brenner Boy Claire, uh, and I think the video is more of a singles guy. Um, as you can see, with most times the single, I the best songs he has are probably features. Like um, th this he's been doing a lot of features on um, Afri I mean, to African stuff at my piano, which is actually quite hot as well. But I think yeah, that's kind of yeah, lost yeah. His, his phase. Yeah, no, that's that's what I said as well. Like. I'm a piano was really big. I don't know if you guys remember Alte, how big Alte was in like 2019, Santi. 2020. Santi, Santi um, Amare. Oh, stop. No, Santi was a heavy hitter. Oh, Dune City Engine as well. Um, Mandy in the Jungle. You're probably talking about hits. Hits. Oh, it's too hard. I've been listening to Alte. Um, Cruel Santino, like these Nigerian kids, like, kind of like, made serious headway in this genre that will be a mix of R&B, alternative, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Afrobeat. Yeah. It's like they've blended three genres into one mm -hmm. that's just like a whole different niche of its own. It's like alternative Afrobeat music. Like, oh, no, it's really, really good. So, yeah, um, my playlist, uh, I have two major, two major stays in my playlist. So, I have this kind of like I, I run my playlist on moods so I have like this checkmate playlist where it's like I mellow I think of like plans and ideas mm. and like it gets my ideas really flowing and then I have like um, a momentum playlist like just like energy hype if I'm getting ready for a match or at the gym or whatever um, like you a lot of Drake um, plenty Afro beats in there Burner is in there Whiskid Ruger Reme that nobody has mentioned. I was waiting for you, man, to mention my guy. Reme is hard. Skepta. Is that the calm down, nigga? Jay Hus, Central C. Uju. Yeah, you don't really listen to Reme like that. Some UK artists as well. Yeah, he has an agenda against Reme. He thinks Ruga is like, he's just, he's just chatting bags. Talking a lot of pony. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, what are you, man, thinking about music-wise? Concerts? Any concerts you're going to? 
um, we were talking about Young Bane earlier on. I, I think he's coming, uh, making a comeback. Jay Huss as well. I've seen Jay Huss as well. I, I think he's making a comeback. If he does, UK might be saved with the rap. But to be honest, I don't actually don't think UK rappers in that bad of a place. I don't think Kane actually yeah. listens to UK rap as much as I do, probably. But I feel like. Not that like it's in a bad place. I just think a heady one is dropping a a, a tape. Like most most K trap K trap is on a crazy run. Before. Yeah, but uh, like K trap has been on a crazy run recently, and I think he's kind of be setting headwaves for UK. But then rap. again, you're right. I actually don't maybe listen to UK. Yeah, rap yeah, and that's um, not that. I'm not yeah, exactly, but but I feel like it hasn't been as probably as popping as some other years. But I feel like K trap is holding it down. Um, there are people doing their thing. Um, obviously Central C. Central C has 30 million monthly Spotify listeners, more than Lil Baby. Um, so, obviously, I think... It's wild. Yeah, it's cra- yeah, yeah, bro. I think Lil Baby has 29 and Dirk has 27. I think I've seen it quite recently. So, wow. Sanchez really, like, sent he- yeah, he's going crazy. So, obviously, UK rap is in a decent place, and I feel like he's set boundaries for UK rap as well. I think he has. He's done very well. And it's mad how... UK rappers right now are able to take off in America because we've seen this before. I was actually chatting to my barber. Shout out, Eddie. Yeah, no, I think so. And the reason I say this is because, um, no, taking off in the sense that years ago, years, there's other skeptics has done it before him. Like years, I think to a greater level, to be honest. Skepta, in the days of Blacklisted, was doing Hello, Good Morning with P. Diddy and them. And after that, appearing on Drake, Skepta's interlude, More Life, doing a song with Pharrell on Konnichiwa, his album, mm-hmm. Skepta was able to parlay his UK influence in America in ways nobody has before. Gigs, oh, uh, gigs, gig, as well. gigs was gigs. Yeah, no, ASAP. Um, no, no, definitely. Um, what I'm saying with Sanchez is that his is more like okay, Skepta was and made it definitely, you know, an imprint in US rap, and he's kind of way the UK flag over there as well but Sanchez is doing it without like any cosigns and I'm not saying Skepta needed cosigns but he actually had people that fucked with him in America which makes it easier Central C just has listeners in, in, in across the world that's what I'm saying even if we go on Skepta's listeners on, on Spotify now like his numbers Sanchez had cosigns can you think of a fifth cosign I know you, I know no, 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 I'm not. I'm not talking about like, wh- who, like what rap cosign has he had? What, what US rap cosign has he had? Drake. US, no, no Drake hasn't rapped with him though. He's just taking a picture with him. No, but Drake has always been kind of propping him up. Yeah, but um, not necessarily. Yeah, but I'm saying no, but what I'm saying like Central being in that position what was brought Skepta in the first place. Skepta is when I kind of put UK on the map to bring Drake. You know, remember when Drake came out with that? Um, what's that? What's that concert? To, to, to remember gigs. What was that concert Drake came out? Oh, nowhere. And uh, they uh, all went crazy. Wireless. It was yeah. wireless. Section oh, Section Boys. Boys the BBK tattoo he has as well. <laughs> Skepta, Skep, I say Skepta put more UK and rappers. And Sanchez just taking like, the glory of it. Like He's doing yeah. well for himself. What I'm saying is, I'm not say, I think Skepta's definitely even made a better imprint in America. What I'm just saying is, Sanchez's numbers are crazy. Oh, yeah, and definitely. like he's actually broken the barriers. Like Skepta did it. And like I understand what you are saying, it's about Skepta. Skepta is even gold. It's he's just way, like a UK gold more because his was even nothing. less forced. But that's yeah, what like Sanchez. He's just a lot of young people listen to it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, more or, or less. Oh he yeah, just has just Skepta. I love Skepta. I love Skepta way more than I, I like um Sanch. Um, but what I'm just saying is the way he's kind of overtaken anybody that's kind of doing it in regards to numbers in America is crazy for UK. It is. I think if you're a numbers guy. If you're a numbers guy, you, you can perceive it like that. It's eye test, um, like football, eye test the numbers. Like, even then, though, like, I went to Central C's concert. Decent performer. I wasn't blown away. It was sick. Like Kane said, a lot of young people there. His fans, uh, I don't know, they're a bit touch and go. Like Yeah, they're young people. Skeppy, the reason why I say Skeppy, because if we were to look at, let's look at UK rap when we were grown up, Chip and Tiny, right? Tiny went to America. He had a very sick album in Discovery. Went to America and came out with Demonstration. Yeah. Ass. Crud. Mm-hmm. Trash. And then it's since then, it wasn't really off. the same. It, like, I think with Chipmunk, that's what you said. No, like that was um, Tiny. That was oh, tiny. tiny. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. 
Tiny, Tiny actually made headwaves. Tiny, Tiny did headwaves, but mm-hmm. then he went to America and he wasn't able to get that push. I think. I, don't know if I think. I think. You have, your, you have the phone. I don't think. You? I think what it is is the difference between when. What I was gonna say. I think the difference between when Tiny did it and when Chipmunk did it, and in comparison to when Skepta did it and Search is more organic. Can you look up? Um, the, sorry, are you the, the, the agency. The agency was helping him. You know what I mean. The agency was kind of pushing him in the American scene, as whereas Skepta had organic relationships with ASAP Rocky, as you guys said. Drake, but what that I was gonna say, work, Drake, Drake there would literally, go. Drake would literally, tr- Drake would remember li- this. Drake would li- literally twerk for anybody. He, he will. Drake will twerk for anybody. So like that's that. why I don't even look at this thing. But that was a good tape, it, sick tape. So the tape we're talking about right now is the London Boy mixtape. Pizza Boy, oh yeah, we get end up. Pizza Boy, oh yeah, we get end And uh, just Chip went to is, America. This is what I mean about not being authentic. Before even going that, they asked Meek Mill if he knew any UK rappers and he's talked that he referred to the song but he didn't know Chipmunk's name, bro. Exactly. That's my point. It's not so, organic. Tiny went to America and came back with a worse album than he did initially. Yeah, first. Chip went to America, was making some noise you remember who Chip was signed to? He was signed to T.I. Yeah, Grand Hustle. Mm. So they were Grand Hustling them. <laughs> but yeah, so they he turned him into a PC boy. And he wasn't able I, to be honest. I love Chip as well. Sorry. No, nah, Chip is go Chip is go. Terrified. He's he's up there for me. But Chip did he Chip like oh? I was going to, we were going to him when we were like sixteen in Ireland, bro. Like my, Unreal. I think Chipmunk was actually my first concert if I actually think about it. I did, I didn't go, but like I was a big Chip fan. I was a Chipmunk, bro. Yeah, they come Chip. They did Chip. Like he I was sick, but he went to America, did a London boy mixtape, and he didn't take off. He That's what I'm saying. When, Ske- when Skepta did it, it was more organic. Skepta had the relationship Skepta with ASAP Rocky. And the Skepta was independent. But, but what opened the doors? BBK. What opened the doors for Skepta was Drake's co-sign on um, Man's the Heart. Oh no, 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 no Man's the no. Heart. Sorry, it was um, um, shut down. His intro on shut down, and then ASAP Rocky was was chilling with Skepta then. Sench ASAP before Drake. No, bro. Was he not? Bro, did he? It was that. It was. Remember, did he, did he? Hello, the, good morning, the, remix. Uh, no, yeah, but that was just like, oh yeah, let me get UK rappers. Who else was on that? I can't remember. You see, yeah, exactly. Can't really get me. But anyways, what I was gonna say is, we we um. Bro, shutdown is when. Shutdown is when I knew when I knew that Skepta was locked in with America. Shutdown when he had Drake on the side. shut down. And then obviously after that, that's when we can start seeing. I came. I saw. I came. Or um, it ain't safe on the block. Not even for the cops. I love Skepta, bro. <laughs> I'm just being me now, anyway. But what I was gonna say is that Skepta's relationship with those brothers were organic. He had a relationship with Barry. He had a relationship with Yams. He had a relationship with ASAP. And Sench, he knows these people in America. Like academics post Sench religiously, and I'm just saying, it's, his is not begging it. Like he's not his label. He's independent, and like it's similar with Skepta. But I feel like Drake is taking pictures with him not because he like he obviously admires his music yeah not because he admires his music but Drake knows that he's so wavy that he kind of needs him as well that's what Drake does he leeches onto popping people so I don't even think it's like Drake is like cosign is English he just cosign him because he's tops there we have it like so on that note we're gonna bring this to a close thank you guys for tuning in to Escape Plan Media gang business so we'll be back again for another episode in due course. Take care. Peace. Peace out. In the world right now. Are white Chelsea stink? At the moment, yes, but we're not gonna be talking about that topic, so we'll keep you just <laughs> why basically won't we, on it. Why won't we be talking about that topic? Um for different reasons. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay.